G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as you know, from time to time, we'll talk on this program about what we could call a sexual revolution. And some people can point back to the 1960s and say that was a sexual revolution that happened then. But certainly those things that have happened of recent times with the dismantling of the definition of what marriage is, has just confirmed that there are significant issues coming around what we might understand as sex. And when we talk sex, sometimes we detach that from the biblical teaching on sex. Sometimes we're happy to be more guided by what today's legislation says, whatever state or territory you might live in around Australia. And sometimes these things are different in different places. But let's talk about sex today and ask the question, what's the big deal about sex? Just how important is it for us to understand a biblical definition and a way that we can live our lives that will be in line with God's teaching on sexuality? Dr. Andrew Corbett pastors Lagana Christian Church in northern Tasmania. He's also the National President of ICI Theological College Australia, a theological distance education provider, and has been putting some time into a whole lot of topics around this sort of issue. What's the big deal? And today, we'll talk about sex. Andrew, welcome back to 2020. Uh, Thank you, Neil. Great to be with you again. Andrew, one of the biggest things is that there is a distortion around the biblical idea of sex because there are so many voices that are trying to pull people in different directions. What are your thoughts around that distortion? Uh, I think you're right. In fact, I I know you're right because everywhere we turn, there's sex and sexuality being presented as if it's you know it, it's no it, it's no bigger deal than than should I eat a pizza or should I eat a Big Mac? It's like no big deal, and it's presented as of little consequence, as if sex can be casual, it can be whatever. It's like it's you know it's no in some circles it's it's no different perhaps to giving someone a hug or whatever. But biblically, it, the sex is actually placed. In, in a category that is unlike anything other. It is described as holy. It's described as sacred. It's described, and this might shock people, as being designed and instituted by God himself, Neil. And that puts it in a, a very, very different and unique category to everything else we do in life. The perception that people have is that when Christians talk about sex, it's all negative, it's all bad. But in fact, is it right to say here, Andrew, that Christians love sex? In fact, Christians, and there are survey results that will reveal that Christians have the best sex. And the only real difference here is that Christian sex, according to God, happens within the bounds of marriage. What are your thoughts around around what makes the best sex? 
According to Pew Research, which is a, a major research company based in the United States, they surveyed people about sexual satisfaction. And the, the myth of sex is that you, you have to have multiple sexual partners. You have to be, you know, if it feels good, do it. If, you know, it, it's, it's all about the desire. It's all about the whim and, and so on. But what the Pew Research uh, Company, research organization, found is exactly what you just said, Neil. They found that the most satisfied group in, in society are married, Christian, couples and and not by a little way by a long way now this might surprise people and but i guess it, it shouldn't because when we realize that sex for a man is about something and sex for a woman is about something else it actually satisfies two of the most basic needs that a man and a woman have. In other words, it satisfies the most basic need a man has and the most basic need a woman has. Now, I don't want to frustrate those who aren't married, but I want people to understand that for a man, when, when it comes to sex, it is largely not just about physical satisfaction, it also is about something deeply, deeply psychological and deeply deeply spiritual, and that is respect. When a man is rejected by his wife, for whatever reason, it is a a, a blight on his perception of whether he's respected. Now, interestingly, let's let's go to the other side. For women, if if a woman's husband does not welcome her advances and does not uh, want to have sex with his wife for a woman this this that right there is a blow it's a it's a a wound that says i don't want you you are not desirable but when you get this right in a marriage and 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 sex is one of those things that biblically we might describe it as god's wedding gift to a couple and I know that when I was growing up in a, a church in Geelong and, and we'd go to youth group, many of the, the young people in the group were of the, the opinion that, oh, well, they don't tell us, they tell us not to have sex because, well, someone might get pregnant and we can take care of that, so it's okay. And we, I remember in the youth group, we heard pretty clearly, actually, that's not what it's about at all. That's not why Christians in the church would teach don't have sex. It's because it is so special. It is so sacred. It demands, because it's so special, the highest commitment between two people because it's the highest physical expression of love because the Bible describes sex as surrender. And Neil, I know I'm sort of talking a bit long, <laughs> but let me just point this out. The, uh, you, you've probably been to a wedding ceremony where they use uh, perhaps an Anglican order of service and the, the groom will say to his bride, with my body, I thee worship. And the bride will say back to the groom as part of the vows, with my body, I thee worship. 
And you might think, oh my goodness, worship is, uh, we're only supposed to worship God. What's this about? And they're using worship in the most literal sense of that word, which simply means this, surrender. So when we realize that sex is actually a picture of surrender between a man and a woman, it involves the highest commitment and sex is a part of giving of yourself or surrendering yourself to another person. And that's why it's so sacred. It's so special, Neil. So when we talk surrender, we're talking, I imagine here, about a way when we talk uh, in the Christian terms about marriage as becoming one flesh. It's a little bit like the ownership that one has over the other and vice versa, an equal ownership together, but an equal ownership and an equal blessing that comes because of sex. And an important thing that actually keeps the fire of that ownership and that surrender going through a whole lifetime, Andrew. Uh, Neil, absolutely. And so we're getting this from, and people might be wondering, where's Neil and Andrew getting well, we're getting it from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, where Paul actually straight up says this, that a woman's body is for her husband and a husband's body is for his wife. Here's the, here's the thing. If a husband and wife, for, for one reason or another, usually some kind of conflict, if, if that conflict is not resolved, what happens is a downward spiral. And the downward spiral can look like one or the other's withdrawing from their spouse, leading to a lack of sexual intimacy. I heard a pastor say that there was just a lot of marriage difficulties happening in his church, and he became so concerned about this. He went to the Lord in prayer about it, and God put on his heart to do a sermon series, not just a sermon, but a sermon series on the, on the value of sex, the, the, the power of sex, the gift of sexual intimacy within marriage. And so he, he Neil, this might sound like a bit of a, a shock, but he, he did it in September of, of the year. And, and he said to all the married couples in his church as he introduced this on September 1, it turned out to be, This month, I want you as married couples to commit to having sex every day of this month. And he called it Sextember. (laughs) Now, Neil, I'm not, I'm I'm a pretty courageous guy, but I'm not that courageous to, to do that. But this pastor went on to say that what happened by the middle and toward the end of that month was absolutely dramatic. The marriage difficulties that had been encountered in the church suddenly evaporated. Couples were walking into church, not you know arms folded and frowning, but holding hands. People were giggling. People were laughing. People were enjoying themselves. He said the impact was dramatic. Now, here's the, here's the other thing too, Neil. He said... The church's atmosphere dramatically changed and the worship in the church service became more intense. And this is what Paul was talking about when he said, he who joins himself to a prostitute becomes one spirit or one flesh with her, that when you unite with someone, there's a spiritual thing that happens. And when we recognize 
that sex is, is actually analogous to, to the intimacy, not to be, I want to sound like I'm being silly here, but the intimacy that we are designed and created to enjoy in an exclusive manner. We are exclusively to be intimate with God as the one true God and our spouse as our one sexual partner, Neil. Wow, deep stuff in all of that. And if we were to say that if you ignore all of that, then you're likely to pursue a life of what we'd call promiscuity. Uh, which, as I can hear you say here, Andrew, would lead to a low satisfaction, a low level of intimacy, things that you ultimately would begin to crave. Uh, Even uh, the negative effects that, even the possibility of continuing to see an uprise uh, in issues around abortion. But that's a topic for another day. But let me ask you, Andrew, here, your thoughts for people who are on this endless cycle, like being on a treadmill, a search for sexual satisfaction, is it ever too late to reform thoughts around sex and to bring those under submission to what we'd understand God's view of sex? What are your thoughts for that person who might be struggling in this area? Well, firstly, Neil, I, you know, prepare couples for marriage. And one of the things that we do is we deal with this. So sometimes the best thing to to solve a problem is to avoid the problem in the first place. So one of the things that we do in marriage preparation, and I do this just before the wedding day, uh, because this is is actually quite powerful to, to understand that the deepest level of intimacy comes in the sexual arena. And it's as it's not just about physical satisfaction. It's not just about those things that, that Hollywood might say. It's actually about, surrender and commitment it's about a a wife feeling wanted desired and needed that that actually then celebrates her beauty and for a man it's about respect which is about his manliness and his strength whether he's you know an Arnold Schwarzenegger or not that is irrelevant but when he is uh, able to be involved sexually with his wife, it sends a powerful message to him. So what about the person, as you've said, who has perhaps not done it right? They Maybe they have done things that they're ashamed of. Maybe they know they haven't really fulfilled what God has required of them. And I would say, firstly, you're only one prayer away from being forgiven. You're only one prayer away from having a brand new start. And then the, the, the second thing is to recognize that in this life, some people will never find the intimacy they are looking for from another human being. And that's a sad reality. Unfortunately, with social media and things like pornography and that kind of thing, this is going to increase tragically. This is why I think Christians need to understand that sexual intimacy is, is the deepest, highest commitment. So where does it start? Neil, if someone wants to rebuild their their concept of sex, I think it starts with learning how to be a good friend, learning how to be an acquaintance, learning how that there are some people that you just need to exchange cliches with. And I know that we live in a culture that says, oh, that's, that's being superficial. No, it's not. It's actually learning how to be a friend. How are you going? Good, thanks. What you been up to? Not much. Those 
cliches are the beginning of a friendship. And from there, it's about getting to know someone. And this is where I think, you know, Hollywood presents the one night stand. It presents the people who meet and an hour later they're in bed with each other. That is just crazy. But if someone wants to rebuild their understanding of sexual intimacy, start by being firstly forgiven, one prayer away. Secondly, by understanding that it starts as a right, right at the beginning of intimacy, which is be a friend who can listen, who can hear, who can be there when someone needs them. And maybe that will lead to marriage. If you're already in a marriage, maybe that's where you've got to start or restart your marriage there, Neil. Andrew, great thoughts. And let me point listeners to some of these messages that you've been speaking recent times around what's the big deal. And we've spoken earlier about what's the big deal about work and what's the big deal about money. And today, what's the big deal about sex? And for listeners to find some of these messages, they can see an extended and deeper way of talking about these things when you go to vimeo.com forward slash Dr. Andrew C. Uh, You could also search for Dr. Andrew Corbett at the Lagana Christian Church in northern Tasmania, 15 minutes north of Launceston. There'll be a church website you can connect with him too. And he's written a series of books as well. And you can find those at Andrew's website, andrewcorbett.net. Andrew, great insights as always. Thanks so much for sharing them with us today on 2020. My pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.